Hello and welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week we discuss episodes 16 through 18, The Lovers Part 1 through The Sun. I had a interesting interaction on Amazon.com. I don't believe it. Uh, so I ordered that Awakened Dio figure oh for a cool $48. Why? Holy cow. Some stupid in the head. And I've, paid, I've paid more for figures. Um, it doesn't even look good. <laughs> it's stupid. I think it, I think it looks good. It looks worth forty-eight bucks. Your eyes that's, so that's that's actually the second time that I paid money for it. The first time I paid forty-five dollars and it never shipped, and that's how I found out that like Amazon changed some sort of policy with international sellers, and it totally fucked this dude's shop up. And so he had to issue me a refund and cancel the figure. So I ordered it again. This one shows up uh, in the box. One leg is twisted all the way around, and the heart knee pad is ripped off of the other one, and is nowhere loose inside the box, so I can't just, like, glue it back on. So I send this guy a message, and I'm just like, hey, you know, this this figure arrived uh, damaged, I want to see if I can get a replacement, I believe that this is, like, a factory issue, because I can't find the missing part. And I get this super profuse apology going, like, Oh my god, I'm really, really sorry. I would love to give you a full refund. You can keep the figure. Can you ever forgive me? It's <laughs> just some, like, damn, dude. Send a message like, Did you accidentally send me the misery edition of this figure? Where Kathy Bates <laughs> has just smacked Dio in the leg. <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that remake. Yeah, that's only a matter of time. I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. So, uh, turns out, no, I did not pay $48. I got my money back, and I got a free Awakened Dio figure. A busted Awakened Dio figure. So it looks yeah, even like worse still... than it normally does. Which is bad. So now that I actually have it in my hands, I completely... I, I think it still looks good, but it being one of the first in that line, there's a lot of articulation issues. So I would not go buy that again. I would just settle on a free figure that has a busted knee and just, like, call it a wash. All of the human characters in those look bad. The stands are the only things that look good. I think that they look perfectly fine, but whatever. I, I do yeah, agree that dumb. the stands look... I do agree that the stands look better. Well, thank you. You don't understand... <laughs> friends. You don't understand good figures. Uh, I beg to differ. I'm the one with a closet full of only the best master grades. Uh, I, I'm 30 years old and I do not have a girlfriend. I have uh, this Revoltech Lupin and Jigen here next to me. Uh, oh, they, those Jigens, I think, went back in stock, actually. So I should probably put the 48 I'm getting back towards one of those. I think the Lupons are too, maybe not the uh, green jacket one like I have, but the red jackets I think you can get again. Well, I do, I so I have the red jacket, I was bummed that I couldn't get the green one, because that oh. would have been what I would have preferred. 
Okay. I still just wish they would make a zin, like a Zenyatta for that. Zenyatta, I'm sorry. Ugh. Yeah, um, Zenyatta, your favorite character from Overwatch. <laughs> no, from Lupin. When we, where are we going to get? Goes up in Lupin the third. When do we get a a, a Revoltech of hamster wrecking ball so everybody can get real mad about it? I might, I would maybe actually buy that. I really like that character design. Okay, this is a podcast about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm pretty tired, my internet isn't working really well, so sometimes George is um, kind of fading out. You're just going to have to deal with it. This is uh, a bad week. It's okay, though, because these episodes aren't great either. So... All... All gonna, 25 of you that started listening last week, you picked God the perfect time it, to start. Why? We're going to be doing this for so long now. <laughs> this was a mistake. All this time we're I'm thinking, oh, you know, well, obviously they're not going to start part five. If they did, that would be fun, though, right? And now here we are. They're going to start part five. Is part five like actually longer in the manga than any know. of the preceding parts? No, I think three is the longest. <laughs> I'm sorry I caused you pain. No, uh, I didn't mean to hurt my friend. I think they're actually all kind of around the same length, except for three, which is a little longer. Maybe um, Steel Ball Run might be longer too. Because mm. that. A transition between two different magazines, because uh, it was the tr- the transition between them was when Araki finally stopped fucking around and was just like, yeah, okay, this is JoJo Part Seven, Six, Seven, something. Wait, Seven. It's yeah, seven, yeah. Because yeah, uh, Stone okay. Ocean is Six. Yeah, I keep the thing that messes me up is I keep forgetting whether it's up to part eight or part nine, and it's part eight. Yes, Jolian is part eight. Yeah. So tell me what happened in these episodes of this anime that we're going to be watching until we're dead in the ground. Well, I hope you like hearing about food and exotic cultures because there's a lot of that in these two episodes. Here's I really five minutes you know, about haggling. Yeah, you, I I would really appreciate it if you would just tell me step by step how to haggle. Tell me how to deal with the Middle Eastern Tom Nook that's selling kebabs on the side of this <laughs> fucking road. God well, I hate to break it to you, I did not take a step by step note on this because the whole time I was just sitting here going like, boy, they're really fucking going with this bit, aren't they? It just goes. It goes on for like five minutes. Yeah, I I flipped through the book as I as I do after I finish every episode, and it goes on just as long in there. Yeah, uh, but basically, uh, donor kebabs are the hamburger of the Middle East, and uh, we where started the whole here? lesson in the art of haggling. I forget where where did they go. I don't I don't remember actually. They say they went along um some river. I stopped taking notes about where exactly they are in the Middle East because all of the Middle East looks the same to me. Well, third episode of this is in Abu Dhabi, and uh, 
That's easy to remember because that's where Garfield sent Normal. <laughs> um, hey, do you want to do a Garfield read through podcast with me? No, I don't. <laughs> uh, we do I can get him of... yelling in English, okay, friend. <laughs> yeah. And okay, then I have also. Friend. I've also noted here that my subtitle said "commence to haggling." These uh, these episodes do have a whole lot of Joseph speaking English. They do, which is fantastic. Yes, and specifically a lot of "Oh my god!" I and, did start at "Oh my god" and a "No no counter." Uh, and the first instance of "Son of the beach" or something like that. There's a bit later where he just goes, oh, shit! Yep, that too. Uh, also, speaking of things being spoken in English, I think you kind of just need at the end of every episode this dude saying, bye-bye, thank you, nah! <laughs> uh... So fucking good. Uh, but we, we get a bit with Inyapa here that I actually really liked a whole lot because it is appropriately disgusting, uh, where she kind of realized this kebab guy is a stand user. Uh, that Dio sent to shut her up, and tentacles start, like, coming out of her eyelids and her nose and her mouth and just, like, wiggling around, spraying blood all over the place. Yeah, it's very much uh, Araki saw the thing and was like, I gotta put this in here. Uh, but we find out that the stand user's name is Steely Dan. You want to know why he's called in my version? Because this is the laziest of all of the name changes. And there have been some lazy ones. Dan of Steel. Oh boy. He just goes like, yeah, it's me, Dan of Steel. (laughs) Written by Brian Michael Bendis. Comes out weekly from DC Comics. Uh, So these, these tentacles are from a fully mature flesh bud that is inside her brain. And, uh, I guess what happened is his stand was able to, as we find out later, um, feed <laughs> chunked up brain matter to the flesh bud to make it grow rapidly. Remember flesh buds? Remember how that yeah. was a big thing early in this and then they forgot about it? Yep, for like maybe about five episodes and then we never heard from them again until now. Yeah, because after that it was... Well, they had to have the thing of, these guys are brainwashed, so you remove the flesh bud, and then they can join us on our journey. And then after that, it's just like, nah, these people were just, like, paid by Dio to hunt them down, or they have their own reasons or, they're or something. Just, they're just dicks, basically. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Inyaba just can't, like, cope with the fact that Dio doesn't trust her. Uh, and, like, Joseph is trying to plead with her, going, like, yo, he betrayed you. He doesn't trust you, like, just tell us what his stand is, because this is fucked up, but, like, we get even with him. And she's loyal to the end, and she doesn't reveal anything about his stand. And that's where we get our first Oh God of the episode. Yes. Put one up on the board. Alright, I'm going up. Hold on. I'm going right. Be careful up there, Larry. Please. You got your harness. Do you have your harness? No. Well. I told you need to, you do not have insurance. I had one that I borrowed from uh, Owen Hart, and that didn't turn out so well. 
So, uh... Of course it didn't! Of I, course it didn't! I'm just free-balling up here. That's alright. You hurt your ankle the last time you did this. Do you remember that? I kicked the leg out of the leg. Okay, I marked one. You gotta stop taking risks like this. You're really gonna get yourself hurt. It's gonna be really good when I uh, do an elbow off the Titantron. <laughs> no, it's not. It'll be I mean, it's really gonna be good cool. for the audience, and it's not gonna be good for you. Call me Mick Foley, because I'm gonna jump off Hell in a Cell. I thought you were gonna say, call me Mick Foley, because I have brain damage. Call me Mick Foley, I'm missing most of my teeth and part of my ear. <laughs> Call me Mick Foley. My brains aren't so good. Where do I live again? Oh, boy. Okay. I started Call digging into that Mick Foley. I dress up as Santa. And it's definitely not due to brain damage. <laughs> I started digging into that Mick Foley DVD you got me for my birthday one year. And I really like how there's a, a lead into a match where he's just like, yeah, this happened like back in the like my nose got broken in this match, and like this happened back in the day where they did not want to show any blood on WWF, and so like the editors had to painstakingly remove any <laughs> instance of me bleeding, <laughs> and so he's just like, you are either going to see the censored TV version, or if I could find in the Mick Foley personal vaults the Ooh. unedited version of this tape, then that is what you will see instead. I don't know which it will be. And I really like to imagine the McFoley personal vaults is just a box with VHS written on it in Sharpie <laughs> that he keeps under his bed. I imagine they're just loose VHS tapes uh, stuffed into socks. <laughs> Those are really big socks. Well, yeah, you can fit like one in each of them. <laughs> he keeps them safe, individually uh, wrapped. Yeah, sealed for freshness. <laughs> oh no uh, Okay where are we in the episode Steely Dan uh, He's bragging about how nobody can lay a finger on him So Jotaro decides to lay a finger on him Maybe like five fingers finger. curled into a fist Yes he'll never lay a finger on Steely Dan's butter finger Eat my shorts he says I keep all of my VHS tapes wrapped inside <laughs> socks Says Steely Dan <laughs> By the way, R.I.P. Big Van Vader, he was truly a great... He was the one that was there uh, when McFoley lost his ear, in fact. Oh. Yeah. Some say he took that ear with him to the grave. No, they, uh, he took it with him, but they, like, reconstructed it or something. Like, they kind of put it back on. Uh, he was telling that story in the DVD thing, too, so... Well, yeah, he has I'm like a, three stories. I'm also in. Yeah, he's there's, got three. Uh, I lost an ear. Uh, all my teeth got knocked out in a car accident. Uh, Undertaker threw me off hell in a cell. Yeah. They threw him directly into a pile of thumbtacks. Well, no, he threw him into the thumbtacks first inside the cell, and then they went up top and he threw him off the top uh, through the announce table. Ah. <sighs> You know, that fight is a much better fight than the fight we're getting in this chunk of episodes. Yeah, had a storyline. singular, had, by the way. Had stakes, had actual people. It yeah. uh, had Mick Foley, which, that's a plus. 
had The Undertaker yeah. before he became a dumbass biker for some reason. Everybody knows Sako is a stand. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, he punches Steely Dan, and the punch ends up doing the same damage to Joseph. And we find out that basically what his stand has done is entered into Joseph's ear because it bounces between people's ears, uh, either at will or when somebody dies. Like, it needs a place to go. Uh, needs a roof. My people needs need a place walls. to go. People need a place to go. Everybody's down at uh, Joseph's. I have been awake for about 28 hours at this point, Perfect. so apologies awesome. to the listeners. See, now now you're in my seat, where I'm always exhausted when we're doing this. I have all the power now. Uh, it's okay. Now I'm in control of the podcast. It's just a fun switcheroo. Yep. So, god damn it, I gotta keep finding my place in this shit. Because <laughs> people need a place to go. Yes, okay. It, the the bug stand is in uh, in Joseph's ear. What's the name of the, the, the stand again? Oh, Lovers. Lovers. That's right. Duh. It's the name of the fucking episode. Or according <laughs> to Steely Dan, Lubbers. Uh, yes. You know, like land lovers. So... Any damage that happens to uh, Steely Dan will end up being reflected on whoever is being inhabited by his stand. Because uh, basically it freaks out and starts reciprocating the damage uh, by just, like, pinching nerves and stuff. But, like, whatever damage it reflects, it does it, like, by a multitude worse. Makes no sense. For one thing. No, it Second, doesn't. uh, yeah. Jotaro punches the hell out of him. And later on, there's something like, um, he says, wouldn't it be bad if these guys came in and beat the crap out of me? That would surely kill your grandpa. And, uh, if the, if the, like, eight punches from a magical being didn't do it before, I'm not really sure why human punches would. Steely Dan got sent through a window. Yeah. Uh, but he pays a kid to smack him in the leg with the broom, <laughs> yeah. uh, which causes him excruciating pain. Uh, uh, by him, I mean Joseph. Yeah. Uh, but there's also now a flesh bud inside Joseph's brain, and in ten minutes it will mature. And boy, this is a planet planet ten minutes because it lasts <laughs> two whole episodes. Yep. Uh, my favorite part of this is that then the kid uh, hits him again in the leg, and Steely Dan gets mad at him because he didn't tell him to hit him twice. Yeah, I only paid you to hit me once, you little f fuck. Yeah, uh, it, it can control someone from 100 kilometers out, making it the stand that has the most distance, but it is very, very weak physically. Like, he can't says, even lift a strand of hair. Yeah, he says that. Uh, I don't think that really holds water. Yeah, me I'm pretty sure it could lift a strand of hair. Uh, but uh, Joseph Kakuin and Polnareff, they decide to, like, book it and leave Jotaro behind to make sure that, like, you know, someone's keeping their eyes on Steely Dan and making sure he's not, like, Punching himself in the stomach or, like, paying more kids to hit him and stuff. You know, keep him really, in line. A real steely Dan thing to do. 
It would be, yeah. <laughs> you know what the band Steely Dan is named after, by the way? Uh, I I know I've heard it before, but no, right yeah, now. Yeah, you have, because I'm sure I'm the one that told it to you. Uh, Probably. They're named after a dildo in the book Naked Lunch. Alright, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Because Dan's a real dildo. Yeah. I do have written here between where I just left off in my notes and the next, uh, Dan is a real dirtbag. Dirty Dan. He's actually, he is the grimiest character I think so far other than Jay Guile. Like, he's Mm. just such a huge shithead. Yeah, I guess so. Because, like, while a lot of this stuff is going on and he's got Jotaro's attention, he's just like, all right, Jotaro, like... If you're going to hang around me, I'm going to make you do a bunch of humiliating stuff because it's not like you could do anything to me. Yeah. Like, plank across this ravine so I could walk on you like a bridge. Yeah. Clean my boots. Uh, Lick my boots. Scratch my back. Organize all of my VHS tapes. Get them out of these socks. (laughs) Also, the socks are dirty. Because I'm Steely Dan, and I don't clean my socks. I'm Steely Dan, I live in the boiler room. Vince McMahon comes in here and has <laughs> meetings with me. Uh, so the gang finds a TV shop, and Joseph uses Hermit Purple to look inside of his own brain. <laughs> we get uh, our first Oh No of the episode. Yeah. Uh, I-, I really Kakuin... like this whole part where he's just... So Joseph is here... Uh on the front glass of a TV store, just with his hands on the glass, using his uh, hermit tentacles to go in there and touch the TVs. Touch all the TVs. And he's just sitting there, and they gather a crowd around them, just watching this old guy who, as far as they can tell, is just touching this glass and going like, Oh, 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 oh. A lot of good anime grunting in this episode. Yeah. Also, uh, yeah. Before I forget, I really like the music in these episodes because they have like these weird yeah. uh, electronic remixes of the, sort of the standard themes from the show. Kind of makes it sound like Danganronpa music. Yeah, I I really like the um. I think it's called. Oh, I don't know. I, w- I want to say it's Departure is the name of the song, but it's the one that comes up a whole, whole lot. Like, anytime there's a fight or anything like that. But I really like it, and I really like the sheer quantity of remixes that we get of that song, especially in this set of episodes. Yeah. Um, But the crowd thinks that, like, Joseph is a senile old man, and so I love that their response is to just start, like, throwing coins on the ground. Money, money, money. It's like Assassin's Creed like, oh 2. god, I feel so bad about this old man. Just take all my money, just take it. Put him in a home, what's wrong with you? Use this to pay for the medication he so clearly <laughs> needs. So, uh, jo- uh, Ponoref and Kakyoin, they decide that what they're going to do is shrink their stands down and have them jump inside of Joseph and find the stand and kill it. Honey, Um, I shrunk the stands. Which reminds me of an old computer game that I played when I was in elementary school where it was like, 
it was this sort of a you were like a doctor and like you'd have to go through different patients and it's like oh this person has cancer oh this person Rex has Ronan, experimental surgeon i'm not i'm not sure what the name of it is but like you would go inside of their body and have to like navigate around in their blood like blood vessels and stuff yeah it sounds like rex ronan experimental surgeon I don't know if it was on computer though. I know the Super Nintendo version. It was like 3D graphics and everything, so oh. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I also want to say like it tried to treat itself very seriously. Like sounds, it was fairly graphic. Sounds like Rex Ronan, experimental surgeon. <laughs> okay, I'll Nintendo. look that up. I will look uh, that up when we're done. Here, no, I've Rex been Ronan. To track it down. It's basically like a uh, anti-smoking PSA in game mm. form so it's like you go in here and hey this lung has a bunch of cancer in it better blast all the cancer because they smoke yeah, that's how you that's how you cure cancer i mean kinda yeah you just go in there in a tiny ship and you shoot it with little lasers well no not like that but you know cancer is really just um cells duplicating out of control that's most basic level so if you could so just go in there and zap all the extra ones, it'd kind of work. So kind of like this podcast is just they're duplicating. There's more Josephs coming out, more JoJo Bizarre Adventures coming out, and uh, it's getting out of control. Remind me, <laughs> I don't need this right now. <laughs> I have a deal with you a lot of things. You brought this on yourself, buddy. Uh, Pornoref needs to cut a path through a blood vessel. Um, and Dan is having a bunch of whoopsies and trying to hurt himself and uh, making Jotaro do more humiliating things, and that is the end of the episode. Oh. Okay. My God! There's another Oh My God, by the way, is where I put the two. Good. Good. But that's Good. all my notes for this one. Hey! Hi! There's, there, there's no uh, manga anime differences segment on this page. Lame. Interesting. It it is interesting, isn't it? That means no. that this thing was so slavishly accurate to the original source <laughs> material that that explains why it had the thirty minute bit about haggling at the beginning. Yeah, actually, like before we started this, I had flipped open to that part, and yeah, there's a whole bunch of pages on that. Also, the whole camel bit that we get in the episode after next, oh, like, I thought, oh, surely they, like, added a whole bunch of stuff to that for the anime. Nope, that is, like, line for line exactly how it is in the manga. Nothing left on the cutting room floor at JoJo's yeah. Bizarre Adventure. Okay, uh, but... Which I'm, which I'm fine with, by the way. I, I thought that camel bit was great from start to finish. Yeah, it was okay. Uh, but we do have commentary from Nakatsu Suda the uh, horrific madman responsible for all of this after Yohiko Araki, of course. Uh, he says, Thanks to Daisuke Kishio's astounding performance, Steely Dan becomes an exemplary hate sink. That's, that's a good pun. Good one. That is, yeah. I actually kind of like hate sink. I might have to that, use that. Yeah, I'm I'm already starting to like think about okay, what's all the ways I could like incorporate that into my daily life. Todd McFarlane, a good hate sink <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, 
he's subtly introduced with the kebab haggling scene with Joseph, which constitutes a first battle, so to speak. The action is taking place in Karachi, Pakistan. There you go. Uh, we put a pink sky, but this time this was the base color for every scene. The strength of this episode is to allow itself this pink sky without giving any impression of disharmony. Impression of Disharmony is a Castlevania game, I think. Please check out my uh, new experimental album, Pink Sky Disharmony. Uh, you find it on Bandcamp. Okay, is it on Spotify? Uh, it's coming to Spotify. Okay. I need to work some stuff out. Yeah. Okay. By the way, when Komino was praised for the episode 9 Sky, this episode was already done, so it's him trying to repeat this particular success. Ha 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 ha. Regarding the plot, Dan Ma- What? I just can't stop thinking of Wiseau, right? There's just something very disingenuous about this ha 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 ha. It's supposed to be disingenuous. They all sound that way. <laughs> Suda- no, I mean, like- in in content like from Suda's perspective, it yes. seems more doesn't, but more than usual. Uh, I don't know. I don't think All Suda right. has legitimately laughed at anything in his life. <laughs> Regarding the plot, Dan manages to split the group only with his words, with him and Jotaro on one side, Kakuin, Polnareff, and Joseph on the other side. Until then, the group had acted separately, but never with a direction alternating between the two parties so well. Alright. Next, uh, Lovers Part 2. Uh, my back is itchy, and I wish I had somebody to scratch it. I think your bud, uh, Dan of Steel, might have some solution to that. Yeah. Because he gets Jotaro to scratch his back, which starts tickling Joseph, uh, which causes him to start losing some control over Hermit Purple. And uh, this is actually where the crowd gathers, because it's him also laughing yes. in between, like, grunting and sobbing. Yeah, that's what I was saying with the... Oh, oh, yeah. oh. I didn't remember exactly <laughs> when that happened. Uh, but everyone just thinks that, like, Joseph... Okay, yeah, I, yeah, he's... Everyone thinks he's senile. Um, Let's see. Uh, Dan has sensed Kakuin and Polnareff stands and is wise to their plan, and so they find his stand just mashing up brain cells oh, to oh, feed oh. to Joseph's flesh bud. So at some point here, I think it's after the tickling part, uh, Joseph tells Kakuin, hey, just go buy this TV so we can get out of here. And I don't know that anything like came of that. Like, did they take it somewhere else and plug it in and use it or what? what? Did you stop watching the episode at some point? Maybe. Yes, they took it up to, like, a rooftop, and for, like, three-fourths of this episode are watching the TV up there. Okay. Are you alright? No. Do you have a bug in your ear matching up brain cells? Oh, I wish. It would explain a lot. But no, I don't remember it showing them, like, on a roof or anything. Sarcasm aside, I'm legitimately surprised because, yeah, there's like a significant amount of time in this episode where they have that TV somewhere else. Okay. So. 
But um, Porn of Attacks the Stand. There's also a very and, good uh, chance I just completely zoned out because this was a snooze. Possibly. Yeah, I, I, I liked part one of this. Part two, it just starts to really drag its heels. Because it doesn't make any sense. Like the whole thing of yeah. the lovers. Uh, just go on. I'll, I'll nitpick yeah, okay. when we get to it. So, Polnareff attacks uh, lovers, but it ends up, like, duping him by turning into Hierophant Green. And so we find out that it has, like, sort of a shape-shifting ability, because what it could do is it could take mashed-up brain cells and make it look like anything, which that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Speaking of like, not I'm not making a brain sense. surgeon, but I don't think I could just take my brain cells and make whatever. We kind of just glossed past this. Um, both Hierophant Green and Silver Chariot just shrink down and enter Joseph's body. Was that ever shown to be a thing before? A uh, changing size? Yeah. No. I don't think so. But they're just like, eh, sure. Like, so Lover's whole thing is that it's small and can get in there and do this, and then I guess any stand can? So here's the thing that kept going through my mind during this is if you could shrink your stand down to any size, so small that it can enter somebody's body, that makes every stand just the most powerful, devastating thing on Earth because it could go into someone's body uh, completely undetected and then it could enlarge itself and just blow that person up from the inside. Oh, like scanners. Exactly like scanners. Michael Ironside, your favorite. There is no way, by the way, that Iraqi has not seen scanners. Oh, absolutely. At the same time... I refuse to believe. Well, he he does like Cronenberg, as we've... Oh, yeah. Um, But the thing with that is, people can't see stands anyway, so they could just, just, like, stab someone in the head or punch them until their head explodes and people still wouldn't know it. It wouldn't look like anything to them. But I mean, like, during a normal stand battle, where, like, one person is using their stand against somebody else's, and, like, you got, you know, a, a gaggle of dudes on the sidelines just sort of going, like, oh, no, he did this, he did this, he did this. You could have, like, Polnareff is on the sidelines, and he shrinks. That's a bad example. Polnareff would never be on the sidelines. Polnareff is the main character. You could have, like, Jotaro mm-hmm. on the sidelines, and he could shrink his stand down. And just, like, put it into the dude's ear while he's having this other fight over here and then just blow him up from the inside. Yeah. Problem solved. So, I don't know. I think that maybe establishing you could shrink stands down to a microscopic size is... Uh, yeah. Not not great. For what it's worth, um, I don't think it ever comes up again. Like, I don't shocking. remember any other instances of this happening. You don't say. Um, I I do think that conceptually this is all very interesting, like having a stand battle inside somebody's body, but having to establish this new rule, I think just sort of makes a whole bunch more implications than... uh, I don't know. I'm I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. Also, Dan is making Jotaro clean his shoes now because Jotaro is a garbage boy. Yep. Just a real trash kid. Go get your fucking <sighs> shine rocks. Yeah. So Lovers is also multiplying inside Joseph's head. Uh, and there's just a whole ton of them now because it's using a bunch more brain cells. 
and uh, Kakuin uh, points out that a person can only have one stand. Uh, so despite the fact that there's a whole bunch of them, it's not actually multiplying. There's only like one of them is the real stand. And here's another thing uh, that I had an issue with. Uh, hmm. There, okay, so one of these is the real stand. All they have to do is hit the correct one. Uh, Hierophant Green's whole special ability is a thing where he shoots out a whole bunch of like marbles or whatever they are. I don't know. With the Emerald Splash, uh, and Silver Chariot is super fast and could probably cut through all of them before it could do anything. So why not do that? Like if you just hit was... all of them, you're going to get the right one. Here's what I was thinking. If uh, this flesh butt is going to kill Joseph and my stand were lovers, I would make a whole bunch of duplicates of my stand, and then I would fuck off down to some artery, like, in the leg, and just have them sit there messing around with a bunch of fake stands until Joseph dies, because at like, that point I wouldn't have to do anything else. Like, yeah. my stand would be totally fine and safe, because it's in a different part of the body that they're not looking Sure, that would be a good plan. He doesn't do that, though. No, nope, of course. Well, you know, to be to be fair to this set of episodes, uh, I also think not thinking of that is perfectly in line with Steely Dan's character. Oh, Steely Dan's an idiot. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's fine. I can make peace with that. Um, but I do like, though, that while they're trying to figure out which one is the right one, there's, like, a bunch of them, like, dancing around and just basically singing New York, New York inside of Joseph's brain. They have tiny uh, spotlights inside there, yeah. which I really like. <laughs> this, this whole thing is a real Gremlins 2-ass scene of just, they're having a party. Yeah. And no one knows what to do about it. One of the stands uh, escapes through the side of Joseph's brain and leaves the bat symbol behind. <laughs> One of the stands is just made out of vegetables. Uh, my favorite is the version of Lovers that just wants to blow dudes. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of weird how the middle of this episode just stops and then Hulk Hogan shows up and uh, threatens the stand in the projection booth to continue the episode uh, Gremlins 2 is a great yeah. movie it is fantastic so Dan is uh, also now putting Jotaro up to a smash and grab in a jewelry store and then as soon as Jotaro gets this bracelet out this that Dan episode, wants Gremlins 2 <laughs> he wants Jotaro to steal his bracelet out of a display cabinet using a stand because he could just sort of like like ghost in there and then fish it out of a hole and as soon as joe taro does uh steely dan's just like yo this dude's stealing because <laughs> steely dan's a narc yeah and so these dudes just show up and start beating the shit out of joe taro with baseball bats uh, but joe taro thing is funny because dan's about to get what's coming to him because mm -hmm. uh, this... somehow Jotaro is able to intuit everything that his friends are doing miles away, which makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. It, this is also after um, he's just writing stuff in a notebook, and Steely Dan's like, "Hey, what are you writing over there?" And he says uh, he's writing down everything that he's making him do, so then he can do it back to him. Yeah, he's making a receipt, basically. Yeah. 
Every potato's uh, got a receipt. Know what yeah, I'm saying? This is a cool, a cool thing for Jotaro to do. Jotaro Kujo, a man who does not do a whole lot of cool things. No, and also doesn't really do anything of use in this episode. Yeah, pretty much. He mostly just explains like some stuff that we don't get to actually see. That's yeah. oh, man. Look, we've we've talked at length about how Jotaro is a problematic character, but I'm starting to get really, really exhausted with Jotaro, like as a whole. Yep. Like this many episodes in, I just want him to do something. Like the most he has done was the Wheel of Fortune episode. He does cool stuff at the end. Um, that's, that's until then. Great. I don't know. How many episodes is that though to get there? Like forty? Uh, I think about ninety-two. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't. I didn't know part three was that long. Oh yeah. Um, it was so... here long before us. It's going to be here long after us. It's like the cockroaches. Jesus. It's like Coronation uh, Street. <laughs> Part three's just been Cac- running for fifty years nonstop on the BBC. <laughs> in what you can see Patrick Stewart in an early episode. Uh, I would love to see Patrick Stewart play a cockroach. Ooh. It's not even the CG lifetime. one, it's just like a big plush cockroach suit that he's in. Like in Joe's apartment. <laughs> yeah. Says normal Patrick Stewart head though. There's yeah. no cover or anything like that. It's just his head sticking out of a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> uh so Kakyoin has spread Hierophant's tentacles along the ground like roots and has been scanning all the lever's doubles to detect the real one. And uh when he does, he hits it square in the head with Emerald Splash. Bam. And then we get one of my favorite lines in this entire season so far which is looks like Catcoin finally did some damage <laughs> Catcoin uh, finally doing something useful for once yeah Araki realizing oh no I've gone 17 episodes without devoting really any of these to Catcoin not even the episode that he appears in yeah as I said so- he, he he did the uh, the beetle thing yeah, but that was right yeah. after he was introduced, and then after that, nothing. Uh, Kakuin, I'm sorry, Joseph overdrives his brain and destroys the flesh bud. Could have done that earlier, uh, you'd think. Yeah, could have done that at any time. I would imagine. <sighs> like if he if he ran all the way somewhere where Steely Dan couldn't see him, it's not like Steely Dan could necessarily anticipate that. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe he was freaking out so much that he didn't consider it. If I had a bug in my brain mashing up brain cells, like, I'd probably be freaking out, too. Would you? Or I, would I, you, like, not I even... saw a picture of a, of a desk chair that blew someone's asshole out and freaked <laughs> out for a whole night. So, yes, I would. Yeah, that's right. Just add chairs to the list of things you're afraid <laughs> of right under babies. Yeah, everyone to knows. Give some context, <laughs> to give some context, there was a picture I saw. It was a, a standard desk <sighs> chair with one of those, um, one of those pistons under it, which it, every single desk chair has. And uh, what happened was the, the pressure wall, yeah. built up so much that it shot the piston through the bottom of the chair, 
and shrapnel went into somebody's asshole and caused massive hemorrhaging and killed them. So how many oh my uh, gods are we up to now? Sorry? How many oh my gods are we up to now? Uh, two. Only two? Only two, yeah. Okay, well, I'll write two here on the board. Bip, please be careful up there. I'm fine. Be fine. I really worry about you sometimes. And taking all these unnecessary risks. Anyway, um, the, there there is some reason to believe that, that that image is probably completely fake. It doesn't seem like anyone sort of consistently agreed on whether that instance happened. But it's possible for something like that to happen. It's just extremely, extremely unlikely. But anyway, I saw it and... You could not sit right for like a whole night afterwards just thinking about like oh no what if I sat down and this what if my chair just exploded and actually um kind of apt to uh the uh, subject of these particular episodes that was when I brought up you could have an aneurysm and die at any time with zero warning yeah. for no reason that that actually honestly made me feel a whole lot better <laughs> which is a really sick thing to say it wasn't the intention like, oh yeah that's 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 right like i could just at any point in time just straight up fucking die so why would i worry about this what it's gonna happen worry? sometime <laughs> yeah so uh dan starts like pleading for his life uh but he's actually just buying time for lovers to escape from joseph's ear and enter jotaro's ear but uh star platinum with his perfect sight and perfect reflexes and perfect physique. Oh, yeah. Catches lovers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to use my 48 bucks to uh, pay for a super action statue. Yeah, I, I, I anyway. actually would like the one of Star Platinum. Looks cool. Not as yeah. cool as, like, um... Chariot is, I think, the best looking one. Yeah, Chariot's cool. Yeah. And uh, some Part 4 ones, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he catches lovers uh, between his index finger and thumb before he can enter his ear, and he starts crushing it, which breaks Dan's leg and arm, which is funny to me because Dan totally stands up later <laughs> on, as if though none of his limbs were broken. Yeah. Rocky probably forgot, whatever. Well, he, he's uh, the Dan of Steel. Yeah. Forgot to draw Jay Giles' hands right that one time, so whatever. <laughs> uh... Jotaro then says, says, like, that's acceptable payment for his laundry list of things that Dan did, and so he makes Dan swear that he'll vanish to some distant corner of the world, never to show his face again, and Dan agrees, and Jotaro lets him go, uh, but children run into the street, and Dan's got a plan because he's a scumbag. Uh, he pulls a knife, and he says that the bug has now entered a little girl's ear and demands that Joseph stand still so he can stab him in the back, or he'll kill the little girl. Uh, but then Dan suddenly cannot move. Because it turns out Kakyoin attached Hierophant to a stand uh, as it exited Joseph's ear, and uh, Dan was too dumb to notice, and it's all, like, tied up, so, like, Dan can't move either. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. uh, Hierophant yanks the stand out of the girl's ear, and Dan gets, like, the most aurid. Yeah, he he just goes to town on him. Yeah, it's uh, about as long as the haggling scene. <laughs> <laughs> yep, just constant pummeling, head to toe. Yeah. 
Joseph just tosses the receipt to him, which, uh, by the way, you punched a dude to death with a ghost. Totally untraceable crime. No one knows you murdered that man. <laughs> Maybe don't toss a receipt of bad things he did in your handwriting <laughs> on his corpse. Yep. Signed, Jotaro Kujo. Yeah. <laughs> on Jotaro Kujo stationery, no less. Oh, yeah. Like, we've established that the time that Joseph's arm tumor killed a doctor was enough to make him have to go on the run. So people do care about this. Yeah. Fucking Jotaro, man. Read the differences. Oh, okay. Uh, so I can stop thinking about this stupid trash boy. Manga anime differences. Uh, in the anime, Joseph uses the Hamon on himself to kill the bud in his brain. Its removal is never explained in the manga. <laughs> nice. Okay. Nice. Great. That That's the only difference. They were like, oh, right. <laughs> They never explained what happened to the flesh bud. Better fix that. Boy. And their solution was he just hammons himself in the head. Which, like, again, I think that just raises more problems than it does answer anything. Because he could have just done that from the beginning. Yeah, like any of the other guys that had them in them. Instead of being like, like, I suppose that's the well, thing. If there was an easy way to remove the flesh bud from the beginning, <sighs> yeah. All right. What oh, Suda? Boy, Suda needs to explain himself. Uh, Suda has a lot to say about this episode. I'm sure he does. Uh, since a lot was happening inside Joseph's brain, we had to give the sensation of being confined <laughs> inside a human body. But it wasn't an easy task. Yeah, I know. That's probably the first time anyone has said a lot was happening inside <laughs> Joseph's <Yeah>. brain. <laughs> had we chosen oh. a really microscopic ambience, the organic sensation would have suffered. And that's why we put red tints everywhere. In reality, the inside of a body would have been a lot darker. Thus, we had to make a choice. Favorizing the direction. Okay. By the way, the follow-up album I've got in the works is called Organic Sensations. I thought it was going to be Favorizing Directions. No, that's uh, track one, though. Okay. The stand itself, Lovers, has a funnily cute side. Especially in the scene where they all shout, The most, the most, the most fearsome of the stands together. We even see two of them shoulder by shoulder. They seem to be friends. <laughs> so that's that's a difference um, with my translation, is they don't say that. Instead they say, It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, bitches! <laughs> <laughs> Which is way better. Your subtitles are stupid. <laughs> they are, I love them. The storyboard and direction were given to Fujimoto, who has skillfully worked with everything that had to be managed. Kakuin and Polnareff fight side by side again, but it seems the latter is rather useless. Ha 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 ha. The fight against lovers is above all the victory of Kakuin's smarts. Let's note how much Jotaro believes in Kakuin during the episode. You don't know Kakuin. With this line alone, the trust remains unshakable. As soon as love I'm is Cookie Masterson, and this is You Don't Know Kakuin. <laughs> you need to use the screw on Suda. 
because he doesn't know the answer to anything. As soon as Lovers is captured, Jotaro becomes cheerful again, satisfied to finally hit back. Dan had it coming by acting so odiously. The onslaught of Ora Ora following this is the longest in the series yet. And actually below here, in trivia, it says, similar to its manga counterpart, this episode has a lengthy stand rush beatdown, clocking in at 20 seconds. Yeah, it's, again, it's real long. Yeah. Episode 18, I'm, Sun! I'm, I'm cool with that, too, by the way, because, like, it, as much of a creep Dan is, it makes it super satisfying when he does get beaten down at the end. Yeah. Well, just in general, I really like the beatdowns. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, the first thing I've, I've noted here, uh, to kind of get into the way this episode starts, is uh, Joseph is buying a very fancy car in Abu Dhabi, uh, but he smacks... Um, the contract down on Pornarev's hair when it's time to go, and I noted that the sound Pornarev's hair makes when he's fixing it is yep. just a cassette rewind. Yep, yep. I'm glad you also noticed that. Uh, uh but Joseph's plan is to drive to a small town uh, in a very expensive car and buy a Cessna, which is a small twin-engine business jet. I uh, know what a Cessna is. It's for the audience at home who might not. I know what a Cessna is. All right. These guys are going to pile into a tiny plane. They're going to make like Jim Croce. <laughs> Turned out well for him, right? I don't know why I started thinking of that kids in the hall bit with uh, oh, Buddy, Buddy Holly. Holly. <laughs> yeah. Joseph getting Joseph opening up a briefcase and taking a monkey out and making it fly the plane. <laughs> I'm Joseph fucking Joestar. <sighs> okay, so yes, they're going to get a Cessna. Yeah, uh, and they're going to use that for the next leg of the journey. Uh, but since it won't be a pub public flight, there won't be anyone else uh, in danger, and Joseph can fly. And I'm glad that Joe Taro brings up, like, you've crashed the last three planes <laughs> that you have flown. <laughs> yep. I'm not exactly eager to jump into a Cessna with you. Yep, he even says that uh, after the plane crash early in part three. He's like, I am never getting on a plane with you again. Yeah, I would not want to get into a plane with Joseph either. No, uh, he's like a like a gremlin, in fact. Like the old, <laughs> old style of gremlin. Reading dirty magazines and laughing while smoking a cigar. Yeah, I mean, he wears the That's trench coat. Extremely, you don't know, yeah. don't know why he's got under it. So... Mm, you you don't want to know. And that was when I stopped believing in Santa Claus. <laughs> Forgot about the whole fucking Santa Claus thing in the first one. How could you forget? <laughs> it's one of the most famous the parts. Because it's just so... Oh, God, it's so weird. Like, it's fantastic, but just weird that we take a break in the middle of this kind of goofy movie to go into a really dark story about how this girl's dad died. Uh, I feel like every time I watch Gremlins, I forget Judge Reinhold is in it. Oh, yeah. The great, honorable Judge Reinhold. Yeah. Rest in peace, Judge Reinhold. He's not dead. I'm thinking of Judge Harry Anderson. Yes, you are. Also, Judd Nelson. Also, yeah. Judd Hirsch. <sighs> Doing a montage at the end of this episode of all the judges that have left us. 
Well, those are Judds, not Judges. Uh, Ashley yeah, Judd, probably dead. Winona Judd, definitely dead. Uh, Judge Dredd, still alive. Um, oh, thank God. Judge Anderson, also still alive. Judge Rico, dead. You'll all be missed. So Joseph decides to trade this car that he just pawed for camels to get across the desert. Uh, and his reasoning for this is like, okay, well, you know, these being simple folk, they, they will not take cash, they will not take a check. You have to haggle with them. Haggle, 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 haggle. So I bought a really expensive car so I could haggle with the car. <laughs> Except this dude he's talking to was totally like, yeah, I'll sell you these camels. Before uh -huh. he even offers the car. This dude would have totally taken cash. Joseph is not a smart man. There's a lot going on in Joseph's brain. <laughs> a lot of activity in there. It's just a bunch of camels. Just camel, 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 camel. Yeah, he's so... always price matching Amazon. Yeah. Hey, look, we find out that Joseph knows a whole lot about camels. Yeah, in fact. Too much, uh, some would he, say. He first is just like, well, if you get them to sit, you can get on them, but it won't sit. So he's just like, ah, you gotta get inside the camel's mind. You they to, like apples. You so you, you give it an apple, and then you make it kneel down for the apple. Now I'm in the, the animal's thinks. head, and I'm able to get on its back. Yeah. You need to show it that uh, you're the alpha camel. Yeah, alpha camels carry around a lot of apples. Yeah, that, that, that's what's in their homes. I saw Planet Earth. I fell asleep during it, but I saw Planet Earth. No, there's actually, there's a bit where uh, he's just like, oh yeah, I know a lot about camels. I watched that really long movie, Lawrence of Arabia, three times. Sure, I fell asleep <laughs> two and a half times, but... Yeah. So he, also, he also thinks watching Lawrence of Arabia certifies you as a camel expert, apparently. Well, if it doesn't, then what does? I what uh, are you gonna take a University of Phoenix online course to have a BA in camelology? You didn't. No, you did. You no. got ripped off. Uh oh. Uh, one of the camels starts like motorboating into the air and like splashing Joseph's face with a bunch of spit, and then Joseph just like. Uh, this makes good sunscreen, don't you know? Ha 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 ha. He just stands there like a dope covered in spit from a camel. It's very <laughs> gross. Um, this was but before they, they all eventually every, get on the camels uh, and they Mary. start riding out into what? the desert. Uh, but they can't help but feel as if though they're being watched. By who? Spooky. Spooky. Uh, they don't see anyone, uh, but it's getting really hot. It's 50 degrees Celsius outside. Uh, and Joseph says that, like, they'll ride until it gets dark, and then they'll they'll camp. But he realizes it's 8 p.m., and the sun is still out. Also, it's 60 degrees Celsius now. That ain't right. It's Weird. 60, 60 degrees Celsius. Uh, it's not like 130 degrees Fahrenheit. It's something like that, because 70 degrees Celsius is 158. Yeah. So I think it's maybe closer to around, like, 140. Okay. Well, it's not linear, though. 
That's the thing. Yeah. Eh, whatever. It's, it's hot. It's it's in that vicinity. It's it's around that. But uh, there there's a bit that gets brought up here where it's just like, oh, it's eight p.m. and the sun's out. Nowhere in the world does that that happen. And no, there's plenty of places in the world where that happens. No, he was saying that it was eight p.m. and the sun isn't going down. It's just been staying in the same position. Okay. Then that's probably a translation issue for me because I had written down on here like where I'm at at eight p.m. the sun is still up. Oh. Okay. No, no, he says it's 8 p.m. and the sun isn't even going down. Yeah, okay. It It is, in fact, rising higher into the sky, though. Like, that's definitely the part where it starts to get like, oh, yeah, nowhere in the world does that happen. Yeah. Um. So they then realize that the sun is a stand. And if the sun blazes throughout the night, they will be, quote, boiled like fresh octopus. Mm-hmm. Sounds delicious, by the way. I like octopus. It's good. Octopus is, yeah, it's fantastic. You ever tried, uh, I think it's dried octopus, like octopus jerky? No, that doesn't sound good. It's weirdly sweet. It's almost like eating candy. Hmm. It's bizarre. I would say it's worth at least just trying to see if you like it, but it's also like really, really expensive. Okay, I like a good uh, takoyaki. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I like wanna... calamari too. Calamari yeah. is not bad. Especially like fried calamari rings are really good. Sure. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough food talk. It's like um, funyuns, but with fish meat in them. Delicious. Yeah, nothing's more uh, delicious so... than funyuns. Joseph uh, also explains that like a, a weak stand like lovers could be controlled from a distance, uh, but powerful stands, powerful enough to emit the heat of the sun, would require the stand user to be really close by, but they still cannot see this guy. Mm-hmm. So Catcoin uh, sends out green and is just like, I did something useful in the last episode, so watch me be useful again. And then he gets hit by a bunch of lava and almost dies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh Jotaro is just like I got an idea I'm gonna punch a giant hole in the ground so he like I'll jump in it he punches out a bunker out of the ground which and uh, this that's pretty cool this is where we get Joseph saying son of a bitch yeah well it's because uh the sun thing like rains why is it like rock or something it just like ventilates their camel it's yeah it's, it's like flecking chunks of uh molten lava is okay. the way that I kind of looked at it because okay. it also like it punches through uh Joseph's flask, which is why he yells. Uh, I, I think that's when he yells, "Oh shit!" Yeah, and it also like breaks their binoculars when they try to look through them. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of stuck in this hole for a while, trying to figure out where the stand is, and then everyone just starts yucking it up. <laughs> like Kekyoin starts laughing like a goon, and then Jotaro does, and then Polnareff. Yeah, Joseph uh gets kind of freaked out. And like I probably yeah. would too, because these guys are acting like they just got dosed with Joker venom. <laughs> it's it's one thing to sort of laugh because you realize something. 
It's another thing to laugh like the way they are, where they seem completely and utterly deranged. Yeah, they're not like, ha, 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 ha. Ha. they're like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. They're laughing like Zappelli laughs when he jumps over water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zappelli callback. It feels like ages ago. Man, Zappelli was cool. Remember when we used to have characters named Zappelli in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Will Antonio Zappelli. Oh, man. There's no sick hats in this part so far. Yeah, That's I a guess little, so. a little upsetting. Hmm. Mm. I don't know, maybe Dio gets a hat later. No. Dio in a top hat. Mm, that would be cool, but no, I don't think so. If anyone listening out there wants to do a Dio in a, oh, hot, in a there, top hat There is a guy uh, in a top art, hat. You can send that to my personal email. Uh, there is a guy that wears the top hat, now that I think about it. Hmm. He's very solid. Oh, well, he you actually know, looks a lot like Zapelli too. Uh... I guess Whole Horse also has a cowboy hat, but it's not, like, you know, a particularly great hat or anything. It's okay. That's yeah, fine. It's fine. Uh, By the way, but, I never uh, mentioned this. Did you know, uh, apparently, Whole Horse's name is meant to be a reference to Hall and Oates? No. Because it it, like reading that stretch. name, that is not, yeah... Oh, well, this dude's name also is, it's uh, Arabia <laughs> Fats, yeah, which is supposed to be a reference, I think, to, oh, God, why am I blanking Fats on Fats Domino. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that seems like a stretch to me, because it's just Fats, and, like, that mm. could be any number of things. No, there's, like, one specific famous Fats. The weird thing about okay. Whole Horse is it's Whole, not Hall. Yeah. Also, whole horse. I'm pretty sure I thought was from somewhere else. So, yeah, apparently, it's meant to be hollow notes. But well, great. I would never have figured that one out. I would Look, I'm not Jeff Bol- oh, Goldblum. Oh, oh. I didn't play a detective on TV. <laughs> and one uh, that I never mentioned, but is actually pretty great. Uh, we'd s- I had mentioned. Um, when I was reading that Wikipedia page that Forever was the name of uh, the creep ape, it turns out he's named that because of the album Wu-Tang Forever, and Wu-Tang nice. uh, is like the last two syllables of how Japanese say orangutan. So, oh, that's yeah. pretty smart. Yeah, like that's a good, you know, that's a good I- reference. Plus, uh, much like Wu-Tang, he ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't remember to check his neck. <laughs> Protect his neck, <laughs> rather. So, oh, uh, the, the gang is actually laughing because they have spotted a rock in the distance big enough for someone to hide behind, but across from it is another rock perfectly mirrored down to its shadows. Uh, so, they're explaining this to Joseph who can't quite piece together what this means. Uh, so Jotaro grabs a rock with Star Platinum and he hurls it at the uh, duplicate rock. And the animation on this is like ridiculously good. Yeah. Like this looked. I rewound this like maybe three times just to watch it again because it looks fantastic. And then it turns out they're in the Truman Show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the glass shatters. 
uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin walks down the ramp. <laughs> I heard that so no, much. The so... sun's down here. <laughs> I tell you about the time old Stone Cold almost died eating a damn cheeseburger. I go down 45 eating a cheeseburger. I thought old Stone Cold needs eating a cheeseburger. And tell you what. <laughs> Um, <laughs> never mind. You need to get some sleep. I do. Uh, so, it it shatters the sky. And this is it the website goes... where the cougars haunt you. <laughs> okay, go on. Can you give Can you give me that? Open up a can of whoop ass on Steely Dan. Can I get one of those? No. Come on, man. If y'all want to see old Stone Cold open up a can of whoop-ass on Steely Dan, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Cracks two camels over his head and just starts <laughs> drinking from their arms. Smacks two canteens. <laughs> So, um, the, the sky shatters and it goes from day to night and the stand disappears. And what they find is like a booth that uh, Arabia Fats had set up that has its own air conditioning, a mini fridge with cool beverages. Like he was just chilling out there. Uh, no one would have spotted him unless he didn't like, you know, he fucked up. He said it where there was a reflection that it gets spotted. Um, so then we get like, Sun retired pops up on the screen, yeah. and then the episode ends with but um, yep, <laughs> it's like you're ending a level in Mad World or something. I don't know what, like, they even say, like, huh, weird, we never even found out what his name was, yeah. Like, so I had to go look up his name afterwards because they do not speak it in this episode, they say it in the um, uh, they the in the in the card thing. that is yeah. uh in between where they show the stand and everything it's in that yep but like i so, like i saw that pop up and i just had to like go pop open his page on the jojo's bizarre adventure wikia just to like find out a little bit more about him so I had to go pop yeah, open they, they an ice cold beer to celebrate the end of arizona fats what what was this <laughs> arabia fats <laughs> Arizona Fats. <laughs> My favorite tea is Arizona Fats. I was thinking of Minnesota Fats, who was Jackie Gleason's <laughs> character in The Hustler. Also not his name? No, no, but that's probably what it's actually meant to be referencing. Oh boy. Anime differences. Oh, oh yeah, that's the end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, ba 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 a prologue explaining the origins of the group's car and camels was added in the anime. At the end of Good, the episode, you know, fell, fell out the runtime. Yeah, at the end of the episode, Polnareff comments about having good dreams, foreshadowing the following arc. Ooh, I got something to say about that before we wrap up. But uh, why okay, don't you what? read me? Uh oh, Suda says. I had personally overseen this episode, beginning with the script, and there's a lot to say. But before anything else, did you honestly think the confrontation would take the entirety of the episode? It could have been shorter, but I had to try this approach. Ha 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 ha. 
Effectively, I think that stretching the whole battle into a whole episode was the best way to represent the suffocating and unbearable heat. <laughs> I wanted to make this really interminable. Yeah, you know, I honestly I do think that actually works out really well, and this episode had enough like lightheartedness to it that it didn't become completely insufferable or anything. Yeah, like I, I think they they hit what they they did what they intended to do. What they set out to capture, I think, reflected perfectly in this episode. I actually really like Sun a whole lot. Yeah, it's good. It's definitely, especially after The Lovers, which is just really stretched out. It's weird. Yeah, easily the best of this set of three. Yeah. Uh, The characters put up with it for a long time and begin to lose their minds little by little. Mr. Sojima was in charge of the direction of the scene where their heads are spinning, literally, with rotation and distortion effects on screen. He's always full of ideas, and I knew that he'd propose something interesting. I am happy to have followed his advice. The sun looks like it's in 3D, but was entirely animated by hand by Mr. Koda. That's interesting. It didn't look like it. It did have kind of like a weird 3D look to it. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the supplementary arrangements of the image then gave it the striking impression of power. We added original scenes, like the one where Joseph undoes Polnareff's hair after having bought a luxurious car. The drum, the dromedaries were a challenge. Must be camel. Yeah. Were a challenge nobody among us had drawn these before, so we mutinously watched Lawrence of Arabia just like Joseph three times and even more. One difference: we didn't fall asleep. <laughs> to conclude, I do. I do like though, real quick on the subject of camels. Going back and and reading this bit in the manga too, and seeing that it was pretty much beat for beat the same thing, completely comes off as the typical Iraqi thing of like he looked up something like in a <laughs> yeah. National Geographic issue or read about something in an encyclopedia and just thought this is cool. I want to regurgitate all this info in my comic book. I mean, he's done, like, one-shot comics that were totally just that. Like, they were just news yeah. stories or something that he thought were was cool and wanted to yeah. do a comic of it. He, and, he did a and comic I, about I don't Ty want Cobb. To come across like I'm, I don't want to come across like I'm complaining about that. I actually think that is something that I find hugely endearing about Araki in the way that he tells the story. Yes, I do too. Uh, to conclude, the animation director Satoru Nakaya had accomplished a genuine exploit with the scene where everyone begins to madly laugh. It was as strange and creepy as could be. A real treat. That's what Suda says about the sun in the last episode of this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, um, get a little preview for the next episode. It's, uh, just a baby crying, so, uh, I think I'm in for a real bad time. Uh, next week, episodes will be 19 through 22, which are Death 13 Part 1 through Judgment Part 2, and uh, both for you and the listeners at home, don't watch these episodes at work. Is there, That's like, specifically something not nudity, something in yeah, there? Yeah, that... yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, well, I'm gonna have to go to the Sketch Russian site for my home computer, which I don't feel great about. Just go. Well, happens to the work computer. Why should I care? I mean, you could just go to Crunchyroll. Like it's there for free. You don't even ah. need a premium account. But then no one says fuck in the episode. <laughs> That's what's really important. 
Yeah, there's no cat going yelling, fuck this baby. <laughs> Which I'm assuming is the thing that he's going to say. I mean, I don't know yet, but I'm assuming. Um, I mean, maybe in a different way than yeah. what you mean, but we'll find out uh, next week. But I'd, I I do want to say uh, before we go, you did tell me that there was a, an uptick in, in listeners last week, which I assume is partly due to the fact that they announced part five and people are probably searching out uh, JoJo's related things again. No. Um, but uh, as much as we are in this for the long haul, I do want to at least say that I am having a lot of fun doing this and I'm super appreciative that anybody would want to listen to this. I didn't think we would get as many ears on this thing as we did. So Me too. Uh, I don't yeah. understand it considering either like this was just a scheme to get you to watch this um and it's kind of yeah. gotten out of control but <laughs> yeah it's taken off in a way i didn't i appreciate when i started this i wouldn't have thought i would get a random person emailing me about three doors down uh but that happened so that's cool yeah and if you I... would like to email uh for whatever reason corrections uh Tell us how much we suck. I don't care. Uh, email Larry. Email at... Shut up. Email. Just, uh, stop talking stop. about Grimlin. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> email Larry at destroyallchildren.com and uh, tell us what you think. Give us feedback. Uh, but the Gremlin talk will continue, and so will the wrestling talk, because there's nothing else in my brain at this point yeah hey look it's our podcast we're going to talk about the things that we like turns out it's just three things jojo's bizarre adventure wrestling gremlins i mean that's the holy trinity right there what else could you want don't need anything else don't need a job don't need no education don't need a wife don't need no kids i got gremlins i got joseph and jotaro and all my jojo's friends and wrestling. We'll see you next week, everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye. I found my thrill On Blueberry Hill On Blueberry Hill Yeah.